They say markets work a certain way. They say if you want high returns, you have to accept higher risks. Cox Automotive says, you take the upside, we'll take the risk. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the all-new way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Visit TakeTheUpside.com to learn more. Welcome to Daily Drive. For Tuesday, November 29th, 2022, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show... President Biden asked Congress to force a rail deal over union objections. Toyota beats its production estimates. And VW may partner with Foxconn to revive the Scout brand in the U.S. Plus, the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles has a new Tesla display. We'll hear from the exhibit's curator. We've got cars hanging from the ceiling. We've got robots. So there's so much to see. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. President Joe Biden and Speaker Nancy Pelosi are moving to prevent a looming shutdown of the nation's freight railroads. The U.S. House is preparing to take up legislation this week to impose a settlement over the objections of some unions. Biden said in a statement on Monday that lawmakers should immediately codify the agreement he helped broker in September between unions and railroads, quote, without any modifications or delay. Of the 13 labor agreements among the 12 unions representing different types of rail workers, nine have been ratified and four were struck down by members. Tensions rose last week after the largest union narrowly voted down its proposed contract with 51% against it. Biden's intervention underscores the administration's growing concern about the possibility of a work stoppage on freight rail lines. A strike could wreak havoc on the U.S. economy A work stoppage would also severely hamper automakers and dealers as car inventories remain low after production cuts caused by the microchip shortage. Those production cuts have plagued Toyota throughout the year, but it looks like the world's largest automaker might be pulling through. Toyota saw a 23% rise in global vehicle output last month, beating its own target for a third month in a row. The Japanese automaker produced more than 770,000 vehicles globally in October. That's above a downgraded target of 750,000 vehicles. But growth slowed from record monthly output of almost 890,000 vehicles manufactured in September. And Toyota continues to face supply chain disruptions as China battles nationwide COVID-19 outbreaks and implements restrictions and lockdowns. Volkswagen Group is in talks with Foxconn to build Scout vehicles in the U.S., That's according to VW sources who spoke with our German sister publication, Automobile Voca. VW said in May that it plans to revive the long-dormant Scout off-road nameplate that it acquired last year when its heavy truck brand merged with Navistar. A partnership with VW could give Foxconn a major breakthrough. In addition to Foxconn, VW is also said to be in talks with Magna Steyr, the Austria-based contract manufacturer owned by Canada's Magna International, which is considering opening a plant in the U.S. Sources say Scout could jointly develop its first vehicles with Magna. Foxconn is best known as the manufacturer of the Apple iPhone. It also started manufacturing Lordstown Motors endurance electric pickups in September after buying the company's Ohio facility. Now, Lordstown says it's delivering its first batch of endurance pickups to customers. In a release today, the company says its full-size EV truck has achieved so-called full homologation, meaning it's approved for legal sale. The company says the certifications from the EPA and CARB are the key conditions to start customer sales. Lordstown says production volume will ramp up slowly 
and accelerate as the company resolves supply chain constraints. It still needs to raise substantial additional capital to execute its business plan and scale up production of the endurance. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Biden considers himself a pro-union president, but it seems like he's going against the union. Is this a little politically unusual? I think so. It seems very strange. He's been uh, very strongly pro-union, certainly worked to have the EV tax credits include a big kicker for UAW-made vehicles. Uh, But on this one, you know, he got really personally involved in helping negotiate this deal and clearly is very worried about a rail strike in the lead up to Christmas. So uh, here he is, you know, taking the side of telling the unions, regardless of their votes, they should have to take the deal. Seems uh, seems a little strange. Interesting. Coming up, we'll hear from the curator of the Peterson Automotive Museum's new exhibit called Inside Tesla, Supercharging the Electric Revolution. That's next on Daily Drive. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Some dealers say it's not worth taking a trade they won't retail. They say if it doesn't fit their brand, they'd rather pass. Cox Automotive says now you can easily see the profit in any trade and never risk losing that new customer. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the only way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Every vehicle you place in the Upside Digital Auction is backed by our guaranteed minimum price, so you never risk a loss. And when a vehicle sells for more than our guarantee, you keep the lion's share of the Upside. It's a -a one-of-a-kind auction that gives you an alternative to accepting wholesale losses, and it's built on the principles of the country's top-performing wholesale sellers, so your vehicles have the best possible chance to get bids and get bought. Dealers taking advantage of Upside's game-changing policies are already saying yes to more trades and making more money, all while never risking a loss. Sound too good to be true? Visit TakeTheUpside.com now to learn more. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. It's the most comprehensive collection of Tesla vehicles ever curated. That's according to the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles, which is hosting its exhibit. Inside Tesla, supercharging the electric revolution until October of next year. I got a chance to check out the display when I was in L.A. for the auto show earlier this month, and I caught up with the exhibit's curator, Autumn Neary. Here's our conversation. Autumn Neary, welcome to Daily Drive. Thank you so much for having me. So you have this um, really extensive Tesla exhibit at the Peterson Automotive Museum. What inspired that exhibit? Well, we were actually in talks about a year back with Tesla to do a smaller installation of just some of their prototypes for the four models, S3, X, and Y, um, that maybe people hadn't seen these unseen uh, deck models and prototypes. And we realized pretty early on that the story is so much more extensive, um, the technological breakthroughs, the manufacturing breakthroughs even, that there was more to tell than could be told in a small space and that we needed some time to prepare and plan for a big exhibition to explore the full Tesla story. Do you get a lot of visitors asking about Tesla uh, uh, as enthusiasts or the, the, the folks who come through normally? 
You know, it's funny. We get a lot of people asking about the Cybertruck because we <laughs> had the Cybertruck on display for a brief period some time ago. And people lined up to see the Cybertruck at that time. And we have people ask all the time, do we still have the Cybertruck on view? So now we can officially say as of Sunday, yes, we have the Cybertruck on view once again. And people will be able to come and see it. And we expect that to be one of the most popular vehicles in the exhibition. Absolutely. Uh, to see a Cybertruck in person is pretty rare experience. And then have the, you have the Cyberquad with it, the little uh, uh, runabout four-wheeler that could scoot up into the, into the bed. We have both the Cyberquad ATV and the Cyberquad for kids on display. Yeah. <laughs> so how long will this exhibit be be up? Does it have a run time or is it will it just go for an indefinite period? No, it's on view through late October of next year. So um, it's such an expansive exhibition and such a full exhibition and full installation that we really wanted to give people ample opportunity to come see it. We've got cars hanging from the ceiling. We've got robots. We've got spacecraft. So there's so much to see that we hope people come see it. And if you can't take it all in in one visit, come see it again because it's on view for about a year. What will happen with this afterward? I mean, it seems like such a the makings of a really solid Tesla museum. That's an interesting question. You know, Tesla is the primary lender to the exhibition. About 90% of the artifacts and vehicles come from Tesla and are in Tesla's own collection. So if they see the potential there for a permanent museum, I think that they'll see that there is a, an audience for the Tesla story, for sure. Yeah, I, I think they should commission you to uh, set one up in Austin or uh, Palo Alto or someplace like that. They've definitely got the space for one in one of their factories. Right. <laughs> so explain a little about the, the Peterson Automotive Museum. Uh, how big is it? How many people come to it every year? What's the ownership structure? Is it a nonprofit? It is a nonprofit museum. Uh, it was started in 1994, I believe, by Robert E. Peterson, who owned Peterson Publishing, which publishes Motor Trend, Road and Track, some of the biggest names in automotive publications. And he always wanted to have a museum uh, where people could learn about the history of the automobile, the future of the automobile, and especially Los Angeles as a hub of car culture uh, in the country and in fact, the world. In 2015, we opened after a extensive renovation to the building that you see now at Fairfax and Wilshire. It's this stunning building, red with silver ribbons around it. It's got three floors of permanent and changing exhibitions. So there's something on view for any automotive aficionado, something about the history of the automobile, the design, cars as design objects, cars as motorsports. You know, there's something for everyone. And our first floor changing gallery is where the uh, Tesla exhibition is now. And that one usually features a, a sort of blockbuster exhibition, if you will. It recently housed our James Bond exhibition, and now it is inside Tesla. So there's something for everyone to see. So how many people a year typically come to the Peterson Automotive Museum? You know, I don't actually know that number. Uh, we do see a lot of people, a lot of tourists but we do a lot of outreach and education programming. So we get in a lot of school children as well, teaching them about the history of the automobile, the technology, the science, you know, have STEM programming and things like that for children. So 
we see a wide range of visitors both from here and abroad. I saw a number of school groups when I was there this week, uh, you know, during the weekday. Uh, so that uh, was great to see. Do you have any expectations for attendance uh, for this exhibit or is there not really even, is it not a separate ticket? It's just you go into, if you get to the museum, then you can go see the Tesla exhibit? Absolutely. It's included with general admission. My hope personally is that while there's definitely, I mean, it's a Tesla exhibition, so it's for Tesla fans, but I hope that people that don't really, haven't really formed an opinion about Tesla or don't know that much about it, but are interested in electric propulsion as potentially the future of automotive transport can really learn something about the history of the electric vehicle and the ways that Tesla has been so extraordinary in making the electric vehicle not only a viable form of transportation, but a highly desired one. They really are unique. You know, one of the premises of the exhibition is that the Model S is as important a vehicle in some ways as the Ford Model T. It changed electric transportation permanently. And um, you see so many companies now coming out with electric vehicles, but Tesla was really unique in that it also instituted an infrastructure for supporting those electric vehicles. So supercharger stations, the ability to charge your car on the go, all of those things are necessary to make electric vehicles viable. And I hope that our visitors can learn something about that infrastructure as well. Yeah, you know, I wasn't surprised to see all the models. Of course, that, that was well promised. And I wasn't too surprised to see sort of the some of the history of Elon Musk built into it. But I was pleasantly surprised uh, at some of the elements that reminded me almost of the Museum of Science and Industry, where you explain, uh, you know, how an electric motor works and how batteries work and, you know, these things that, this is still pretty new technology, even to a lot of automotive enthusiasts. So that was, uh, I found that to be an interesting choice. Yeah, I think one of the things that Tesla had to do as well was educate people about electric vehicles. You know, they were few and far between for many, many years, and people didn't know how they work. People own them and don't necessarily know how they work. So it's important for us to share with visitors what makes an electric vehicle go, why they're important, how they function, how to take care of one, and all of those things are explored within the exhibition, as well as the advancements in electric vehicle technology that Tesla has brought to bear. So Autumn, what is your favorite part of the exhibit? If you were taking a, a good friend and you are like, oh, you've got to see this. Oh gosh, I'm so familiar with every corner of that gallery. I love it all. But I really enjoy the 2002 Lotus Elise that served as Mule One for Tesla. It was a modified Lotus Elise chassis, but they, you know, put in their uh, electric powertrain and sort of used that to test all the systems for what would become the Tesla Roadster. Uh, you can see the similarities between the two vehicles. They're vastly different, but it really started Tesla on its path to the Roadster and which led to Model S and all the other models that followed. So that's one of my favorites, as well as the T0, which was the precursor to Tesla. It was built by AC Propulsion and Elon Musk took a test drive in the T0 and that got him excited about the promise of electric mobility and led him eventually to become the shareholder of Tesla and chairman of the board of directors. So the T0 really played a large part in bringing electric uh, propulsion to the forefront via Tesla. 
Autumn Neary, Associate Curator for the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on the possible rail strike, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with former Tesla Chief Technical Officer and founder and CEO of Redwood Materials, J.B. Straubel. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.